I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smushpod Royale. James Bond is in operation. And what an operator he is in Ian Fleming's Thunderball. Have you seen everything you came to see? Go back to your friends and report. Tell them the little fish I throw back into the sea. Thunderball stars Claudie Noget. Young, beautiful, trapped. Could be dangerous. What sharp little eyes you've got. Wait till you get to my teeth. Adolfo Celli, smooth, silent. Spectre's agent of death. Luciana Paluzzi, lovely to look at, murderous to know. Friends of yours, no doubt. Come in. 007, danger sign for the world's most famous gentleman agent with a license to kill and license to thrill. 007, guarantee sign of prompt delivery, night and day service. Ravishing redheads. Bronze brunettes. Honey blondes. The Bond women, 007 style. Of today's greatest entertainment. Hello, 
and welcome to Smirsh Pod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or, you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This week we'll be heading to Nassau for a spot of underwater swimming. Wow, more than just a spot, to be honest. It's sort of an odyssey. And to get down and boogie at the Disco Volante in order to save the world from terror. Yes, it's Thunderball. And joining me for a bit of the old kiss-kiss-bag-bag at the health club is comedy writer Joel Morris. Welcome back, Joel. Hello. Nice to be back on board the Disco Volante. (laughs) You get your own (laughs) t-shirt. Like a penguin baddie. Yeah, I love that. That is is the highlight of the film for me. It's penguin baddie henchman (laughs) t-shirts. Um, oh. My highlight is at the end, and I can't wait to get to it because I'll do a <laughs> reference, and you will get it, and we will laugh. <laughs> we will build, build, to, <laughs> save the best, save the best till last. So we, we, when we talked about doing this, you said that you didn't like this film very much. Yeah, I thought because I'd done Die Another Day that no one likes. Yeah, that I remember enjoying at the cinema, so I thought mm. I'd try and defend that. And then, oh, I thought I'd do Thunderball because I wanted to do a Connery. Yeah, but I, I couldn't remember anything about it apart from not liking it as a kid. Yeah, and and I, I watched Bond fairly regularly. I watch it on ITV4 and I got the box sets and things and I'll watch mm. it at Christmas and things. but I've never ever got Thunderball out of the box. I remembered not liking it. So I thought I'd give it another go. Mm. And I, <laughs> it was incredibly interesting. I, I mean, genuinely really interesting to see it because mm. it's really boring. Yeah. It is, I think, people are nice about it and remember it because it's got the big theme song and it's mm. Connery and it's a classic. It's one of the first at four or five it's Obviously, a brilliant film because we like Bond, hmm. but it's not very good. And I, I was I was stunned how, how about how not very good it was. And then I started getting fascinated by why it wasn't very good, and then what that told me about why I enjoyed the other ones. Yeah. Because there's sort of nothing wrong with it. It's just not very interesting. No. <laughs> I've defended this film to the hilt because I I stand by the fact that the first two acts are pretty good. Yeah. But as soon as someone dips a toe in the water, it's like yeah. it's like Gremlins. As soon as it gets wet. <laughs> <laughs> she must well it, it's it's a, it's an odd film because i think what it's got in it it tells it tells you a lot about why bond is brilliant mm. and it comes straight after goldfinger yeah and goldfinger has basically ripped up the bond rule book and said it's a cartoon it's batman it's mm. got big cartoon villains it's very camp it's very over the top it's it's brash and huge bigger than ever before mm. and this is i was looking it up and finding some research this is a, a very old screenplay originally. Mm. It was going to be the first one they made before rights issues got in the way. They were going to make it before Doctor No. Mm. And what it feels like is a very old-fashioned 1950s spy thriller. And you suddenly realise the difference between this, which is the follow-up to Goldfinger and lacks a lot of Goldfinger's pizzazz. It's got no great scenes in it. It's got no big thing that you'd reenact in the playground. And you realise the difference between this and Goldfinger is that Goldfinger is outrageous and is now what you're aiming for. Mm. Um, and this is this is an Ian Fleming spy novel and, and all the things in it are very terrestrial and almost, because we're in an age of Marvel and, and, and mad, insane, superheroics things, this feels very pedestrian. It feels like, like a, a John le Carre or something. It's about yeah. someone stealing a plane, a thing spies actually do. We talk about stealing because this is where the trouble comes with this film because this yeah. is a Kevin McClory joint, really. This was his idea, and Ian Fleming went along with it and um, wrote the, wrote a book based on it. Isn't it it's Jack Whittingham and Kevin McClory wrote? He mm. wanted to make Fleming wanted to make a film of Bond, mm. so he got 
two guys in to write a screenplay, which is basically Thunderball. Yeah. And then when he ran out of ideas for Bond novels, mm-hmm. wrote up their screenplay as if it was his book. And yep. they went, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's not how this works. And he went, right. isn't it? I mean, classic old Etonian. I can do what I like. <laughs> um, and then they sued him. And, th- and so Kevin McClory, I think, ends up being a producer on this. He and does. there's a lot of shenanigans. And he basically owns it outright, which is how he could make Never Say Never Again. And that's what interested me is I mm. remembered all that story watching it. And then at the end of it, I thought, what does he own? He owns the idea <laughs> of stealing a plane. Basically, if it, if it had a volcano base in it mm. or an underwater car or anything that you go, this is intellectual property. Mm. What's strange is the intellectual property of it is going underwater, scuba mm. gear, or, um, I don't know, uh, someone disguising themselves as someone else or someone being someone's brother. Mm. As far as, like, sort of, it lacks almost all of the outrageous gobsmacking ideas that you associate with Bond. And weirdly, when you sort of go back and read contemporary reviews, they're still talking about it being sensational and sexy and outrageous. And they're thinking, wow, the standards were really low. You could, hmm. as long as you weren't a B feature out of Cricklewood Studios, you could really blow people away. And it's quite, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, timepiece or a, a museum piece of everyone going mad for Bond and thinking it was sensational and cartoonish. But now it looks very grounded and pedestrian. Yeah, it's a bit of a hangover from, as you say, the uh, party of Goldfinger, really. Yeah, um, you've already taken Bond somewhere really interesting, and this appears to be, because it's Terence Young comes back, who made yeah. uh, Dr. No Doctor. and From Russia With Love, mm. and it feels like a move back to not even Dr. No. I watched, there's a there's a, an M- American special called like The Crazy World of James Bond or something, that's on, mm. an extra on the on the, uh, the DVD or the Blu-ray, and I watched that afterwards, and it's just full of clips of the first... Uh, first four films mm. <laughs> all it makes you think is hey those first three are great <laughs> and then it shows you a bit of Thunderball and you went this isn't as good as Doctor No it's 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 very similar to Doctor No it's got lots of bits yeah. that are on beaches and there's a, there's a scene on a, with, a, with a sexy girl on a beach and the, all the scenes are sort of again you could believe it was the first one made it feels yeah. like it feels far more like the first Bond film than Doctor No feels like the first Bond film because I really like Doctor No it's sexy and swaggery and new and fresh mm. and this feels like a sort of 50 spy movie and and it's it's interestingly disappointing mm. and then obviously the next one that comes along is going to be you only live twice mm. and your volcano bases and monorails and the size of the only really great idea in this probably is spectre mm. that, he, that it's not russia yeah. that it's that it's a proper he's invented the idea of a super a heroic superpower baddie mm. but beyond that i think maybe the problem with it is that all the ideas in it have been accepted as how spy movies are they don't feel new anymore no so it's the most pre-sucked of all the bond films when you look back on it it feels a little bit like it's got no ideas um which is probably unfair because i bet when you watched it but you watched it in 65 went oh a health spa that's new but it's also it's odd that this then becomes the one that, that everyone fights over the rights to remake and go <sighs> i've got this one what's it got in it they steal a bomb you went, what really <laughs> What about like going into space in a rocket and and then putting poison in every, and then breeding a new race of Aryan super people? That's a story. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all this had really, when you think about it, is that they had the groundbreaking underwater photography, which they got their money's worth. Yeah, out of. that's about it. Other than that, and I think that that's that's what's really hard to see now from from the hmm. modern world is that scuba was a new thing, breathing underwater was brand new, and it's very hard to put yourself back in in that mindset of going, it was spectacular to be underwater. Because mm. it isn't now, because it's television's full of it. It's, it. it's Shark Week at the moment, yeah. and my television is full of Chris Hemsworth underwater. It's fine. Chris Hemsworth does Shark Week. 
Yeah, he, he's done some program on sharks, yeah. which is good. Just the Thor and sharks, yeah, Thor, Thor's and Jaws. It's called or something. Nice, good. And that's him. that. That's my headline for the review. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we begin with a coffin with JB on it. Oh, and mm. I thought I'd remembered the wrong one, mm. and then I realised I'm thinking of you only live twice. Yes. you think you think they're going to open with faking his death. I like the ones that start when he's dead. Oh, me too. <laughs> and he gets found by Anthony Ainsley's master. <laughs> he died on the job. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. what I want. But mm. yes, it's not it's not him. No, it's, it, it's someone else. It's Jim Jack Bowen. Jim Bowen. <laughs> I'm not get that speedboat. <laughs> That would be actually that's quite a good one. If he'd won mm. a speedboat at the beginning, that, that, that there's the plot. Um, well, Bullseye so, had a serial killer, didn't it? So it's about time out of spy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a coffin with JB on it. You're meant to think it's James Bond. Yeah. But yes, it's not. Yeah. No, it's Jacques Bouvier. Right. Who was who murdered a couple of Spectre agents? Oh, sorry, a couple of MI6 agents, I should say. And Bond's like, oh, I'd like to have killed him myself. But then he notices something, Joel. What does he notice? He notices, and this is brilliant, <laughs> he notices that when the widow uh-huh. uh, goes to the hearse, the, the, the funeral car, or whatever mm-hmm. sort it is, uh, the widow opens the door herself rather than waiting for a man to open it. And that's the giveaway. Yeah. But it's clearly... Because because the world... Everything's out of joint then. The world's upside yeah. down if a woman can open the door of a... Only a strong man can open the door of a car. He saw a so, dog in a tree after that. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh it's my crazy. God. All, uh, all bets are off because a woman's opened a door and he goes, that's a man in drag, yeah. and then they can have a fight. Yeah, so that was his plan. To Jacques Bouvier was going to fake his own death. If only John Darwin, the canoe man, had done that. <laughs> Dressed as a lady, yeah, he might have got away with it. Fight. But they have a really good fight, and it's—I mm. think it's—I think it's Bob Simmons, the the stunt double, the guy from the from the the gun barrel, yeah. dressed yeah. as a widow, mm. and they have a big fight. But because it's a big beefy bloke dressed as a woman, it looks like Bernard Breslauring. Carry, carry on, carry on. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Which I really like that it's Bond beating up because it's all Pinewood. It's all yeah. filled with the same place, mm. and it looks like he's sort of stumbled in on. on he stumbled in on Bernard Breslau and thought. That man's make give me a funny feeling in my wing. <laughs> so I'm going to beat him up. My dear Mr. Breslau, you shouldn't have had the salad with the hamburger. <laughs> yeah, so he just beats up Breslau. Yeah, I love it. But we've also got the overcranked, when he throws the chair across the floor, they <laughs> yeah. overcrank it so it goes at about 70 miles an hour. That's, that's Bond's superpower, isn't it? Is it, it is. he, has, he has lots of undercranking abilities in mm. this. Yeah, I There's love a it. Lot. It always makes me laugh. So he then gets in a fight with Bouvier and then strangles him with a fire poker. Yeah, and then thinks I need to make a quick getaway, <laughs> so I'll strap on this really cumbersome jetpack. This is this is the point at which it's really early in the film mm. for it to not be spectacular enough. Yeah, and the problem with it is it's a jetpack, and they keep saying in all the press releases this it's real. It's a real piece of technology. Yeah, yeah. It's a real U.S. Armed Air Force jetpack. Mm. It's real. And because it's real, it's boring mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's a jetpack. And he uses the jetpack to get off the roof mm-hmm. onto the ground, yeah. which means that he's used jetpack to use what he could have used a ladder for. <laughs> if, he, if he got on the jetpack and went to the moon, that's yeah. James Bond. That would <laughs> be amazing. <laughs> and he goes up in the air like a Christmas decoration on a string <laughs> and he dangles. And, and you're trying to say to yourself all the way through, that's real. That's a real man really risking himself from jetpack. But it looks like they've got a crane and yeah. put... It looks like, you know when you used to get those little... Um, Parachute plastic man with a, par- soldier, with, a, with, a yeah. with a soldier with a plastic parachute and throw it off the roof. He looks like that. Yeah, and it's it's so, it's 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 the best it's the best gadget in the film. Yeah, it's the best 
stunt in the film and it's so boring <laughs> and it's over about four minutes in. <laughs> and it saves him no time because by the time he's got it off the guards are right there yeah yeah i can't work out it's 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 a gadget he uses to do something he could he could just kick people on the stairs and get out <laughs> he could have shot those two guards just walked past them anyway he goes yeah. up in the sky in a jetpack because yeah. it's bond well mm. weirdly that is it does promise a level of sort of fantastical preposterousness that then the film doesn't match no because you open with a jetpack and the jetpack is it's a great idea mm. yeah and as you say it was a, they were very proud that it's a real thing but yeah it might as well not have been really and also, I don't need it to be a real thing. It's Bond. I want it to be things that there aren't. I like the fact that they put it in the boot and they're in such a rush that when they actually get into driveway that you can see the boot still open. Yeah. <laughs> That's how well, good it's, this jetpack is. It's, it's, in the, it's the DB5. He's got the Aston Martin back, which is nice mm. to see. But yeah. I, And he puts up the little uh, bulletproof thing at the back. Mm. And then when the people go up to him, he squirts them with water. Yeah. And, he, and I want to sort of go, not Bond, flamethrower, <laughs> machine gun. Hmm. Not squirty water. Flower. Yeah. <laughs> then water. Yeah. Good. Then feathers. Then feathers. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Just just turn them into a papi- on, on toilet paper, papier mache. Then. Yeah. But it's 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 oddly it's what a kid would do. Mm. It's like the water pistols them, and then it sort of fades. Morris Binder's titles come in, and it fades from water to water, and you go, oh, you have to. But it's almost like oh. You, even at the beginning, water is disappointing, and it's going to be disappointing yeah. throughout the whole film. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm afraid that is the theme in this film. But the I dis- love the titles thing. The really? disappointment of water. Should, should, that's what it should have been called. Yeah, James Bond in the disappointment of water. Where he has sex with a fish man <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't like it. <laughs> it's, it's no good. It's not like not like Patilla Clark. It's not like sh- yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. yeah. It's good. Good titles. It's all. It's, mm. it's, it's classic. It's. It is. It, it's doing its best to feel they're so cocky because they've done Goldfinger, they've taken mm. over the world. The thing that's that's awful about this film is this is I looked it up. This is the until Skyfall, the most successful Bond film financially. It makes oh a billion God. dollars. Yeah. This makes more money than any other Bond film uh, adjusted for inflation. It's the most successful Bond film of all. Mm. And you realise it's just because Goldfinger was so good, everyone yeah. would go and see it. And it doesn't deserve to be. I think OHMSS is the lowest grossing Bond film of all time. Yeah. The one all the fans reckon is the best film. Yeah. And this one, which no one can remember what happens in it, is the most successful one. You realise you're always going to see... You're going to see Bond hoping it's as good as your favourite. And Diamonds Are Forever got outgrossed by the On The Buses movie. Yeah, which again is unfair, because I yeah. really like Diamonds. I really but like it's, On The Buses. <laughs> in fact, and also Diamonds is the one that's most like a, a part of the On The Buses extended universe. <laughs> it really is. It's fine. They, yeah. ha- they definitely happen in the same place. Definitely. <laughs> I, I, think, I think for On The Buses for fans, I think mm. Diamonds is canon. It's yeah, fine. It is. It's legit- but it, it's really weird to realise that this film is riding on anticipation yes. and excitement, leftover excitement from Goldfinger. And at the beginning... Even though Jetpack's a bit shit, you go, oh, these titles are great. We're going for a Bond adventure, and you can't wait. Well, John Barry got the brief, because if you said to him, write a sequel to Goldfinger as a song, yeah. Thunderball, you can't ask for more than that. It's full of... It's a belter. Good machine gun bits on it. Mm. One machine gun drums and on it. And it incorporates the Bond theme. I always like that. Yes, it's a very... Actually, mm. you can tell before the credit comes up that it's not had music by someone. This is a John Barry music mm. and Don Black doing the the, the, the lyrics, but it's, yeah. it's it was supposed to be Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, wasn't it? Was it was. What he, what he wanted to have as the song originally, yes. which is a good song. I'm glad they used that later on. Yeah. Um, oh God, who was the singer? Uh, Whitney Houston's auntie. 
Really? Was that her billing? That was her billing. Yeah. <laughs> on, the front, on the front of the record. Really thinking ahead of time there. <laughs> to cash in. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's a decent song. But it was supposed to be Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on there. They, yes. They've gone for Thunderball because you've got to have Thunderball in the title. Yes. Which is a. Oh, it's such a. I like how there's no excuse for it being called Thunderball. And that no. at, some, at some point, someone from MI6 goes, and we're calling this mission Thunderball, which mm. is why the film's called Thunderball. And you know, that's not a reason. No, it's obviously wanted to win some cash. <laughs> Either that, or the villain. Because <laughs> you had Goldfinger, mm. the villain should have balls. Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> that make, <laughs> make a really big rumbling yes. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It should be named after the villain's freakish power. That's yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you're right. <laughs> Like Golden <laughs> Eye, you should have a literally like Peter Falk with a golden yeah, eye. Golden eye, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Quantum of Solace could just be a guy who does puzzles. <laughs> Scrabble, yeah, <Big> Scrabble fan. Ah, <laughs> uh, so after the titles, we meet um, Largo. Yes, he pulls up on a French street, and a policeman says, "Eh, no parking there." Is this your minky? <laughs> uh, 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 yes, and yeah, and they immediately know him. And, they and I was trying to work out who's Adolfo Celli who plays Lago, who he reminded me of. <laughs> I wrote a few things and I ended up thinking he's a giant Ernie Wise. He's like <laughs> a great big Ernie Wise, like a, like a photocopied up big Ernie Wise. Yes. Uh, Ernie Wise, who does well in the wrestling circuit. He's a big, hefty Ernie. Yes. Um, especially when he's in his wetsuit later on, where he just looks enormous. When Eric had the um, heart attack, Ernie went to France and did <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so big Ernie Wise, and he's got he's got one eye. That's his thing, isn't it? He's well, basically because he's got... in, you know in the, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is wise. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was his way he used to say. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, little Ern or big Ern turns yeah. up. Big Ern, big Ern turns up, and he's got, and you're sort of waiting for what's his sinister thing because he's the bad guy. But we haven't got to the point where people have got like metal hair or anything. He's no. just got one eye. Just one eye, because we need you need to. It was the shorthand in those days to show that you were a baddie. You had to have some sort of defect. Yeah, yeah, physical, physical sort of. Uh, if you're disabled, you're evil, mm. which is the the Bond message, isn't it? If you, Goldfinger you, had a gold finger. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the one with the golden eye. The yeah, man with the golden eye. That's right. And, and Doctor No had um, metal hands for some reason. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Christopher Lee had that golden penis. Golden penis. <laughs> the man with the golden dick. That's, yep, yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, they've all got something special about them. But he's um, yeah, he does something. He's got he, he's sinister, and you know he's spectery, which mm. is good. Um, and then he goes and talks to all the people inspected, doesn't he? Yes, yes. We get a nice little satirical joke about the great train robbery here. Yes. Yeah, I like that by the bloke from um, uh, what's it called? The Shining. Oh yeah, because it's, it's 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 Spectre is made up of people from other films. So if I'm yes. releasing, it's like it's like, like Dreyfus's mate from the Pink Panther films is in there. Andre mm-hmm. uh, Maran, isn't it? Yeah, he died he's, recently. Oh, I mean, he, he's in mm. it, and you go. I wonder if when they're in the other films, if they're secretly working for Spectre. Definitely, that's the reason that Basil got the wrong um, <laughs> got the wrong food and the gourmet. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. a Spectre operation. <laughs> How is it going, number four? I I gave him the cake, number one. How is the chalky operation proceeding? <laughs> yeah. A mild operation, mild annoyance. We have made $140 million. <laughs> no, not clear how. Don't know how it's done. Did you yeah. mess with his alternator so he couldn't start it? Yes, I did, number one. Did you leave a branch nearby for comedic value? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, that, that makes it all again. It all, yeah. it's a, it was single extended universe. It all makes sense. Spectre, they're like octopuses' legs. They're everywhere. 
there, I'm Yasmin Akram. Join myself and my friend Philippa Dunn each week for our podcast, We Heart Worry, a show about cars and their engines. Obviously not. It's a show where we talk about our fears, our worries and our anxieties in a bid to help you with yours. And we just have a laugh as well. So join us. There's nothing to be scared of. I promise. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I, I really like as well that because Blofeld is sort of addressing them from it's a lovely big Ken Adams set like a, oh, it's like an evil evil United Nations is a great joke mm. um, and again actually it's one of those things that I think maybe watching it now you go oh this isn't very spectacular but you realise that no one had no one had put yeah. people in rooms this big before that, <laughs> that, that you sort of go oh it's the Incredibles it's fine this is what spy films look like but this is this is new so they're in a preposterously big room and just above them is Blofeld and he's He's sort of behind a, a Venetian blind that's a bit like the things from Naked Attraction. Yeah. <laughs> sort of lifting up. It won't reveal his face, but you never know which bit of him it might reveal. He lifts up the cat, it's just his knob out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's trying to date evil people from behind a, a lifting also, screen. Like, there's also like a catwalk there. You could get someone to catwalk in between them all. Yes, that's really strange when they're being dressed and then suddenly one, I think it's, it's isn't it Largo, walks up the catwalk. And yeah. I thought, is that the table? What's he doing? I think that's yeah. the, the, the monologuing strip. Yeah, <laughs> put one in. Yeah. If you do, if you don't put one of those in, there's a lot of evil people. They start getting angry. They they start wandering about, they get causing wind. a nuisance. <laughs> they like, oh, sorry, I need to burp. Oh. <laughs> you have a big meal, and they need to monologue it out. That's good. Um, that's good. And he's got. He's also got. He does the thing that we get to see parody a million times mm. afterwards, where he pushes the button and kills the person. Well, because we get that Monty Python sketch of I'm. Where's the extra penny? I embezzled it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a bit of money's gone missing. And yeah. then you remember you're back in a world where this had to... Back, back when Bond sort of had to make sense. So someone's yeah. stolen some money is what's mm. happened. Yeah. And he pushes the button and it's the Graham Norton flippy chair and the guy goes, disappears under the mm. ground. Um, and that's sort of... Weirdly, again, I suppose, I'm watching it going, now oh, I've seen that. Yeah. And probably what I'm thinking of is the, par- is the parodies I've seen it of. And, and 
it does rob it of a lot of its Austin power, I think. Maybe yeah. it looks more pedestrian than it was. Probably, when you went to see this in 1965, you'd have gone, wow, I've never seen a, a tippy chair and a, and a monologuing strip. I like, <laughs> blown away. I like the way the chair comes back up, smoking. Yeah. Who's going to sit in that? <laughs> and also, you know that one flips. Yeah. Maybe the other ones don't flip. Maybe, well, we don't know. He had lots of buttons there. That's the bad chair. Don't touch the bad chair. I mean, I mean, if you turned up for your first day as num- the new number nine, mm. a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> chair's it's like, singed. It's like, it's like being defensive as the dark arts teacher in Spectre. Mm. You know, you're not going to make it past the end. No. <laughs> I mean, that is the point. Look, ironically, the poison chalice. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, so, yeah. So then Largo gives his big pitch <clears throat> on the monologuing catwalk. Yeah. And uh, he's got a, a ransom of $280 million from NATO and uh, their agent Count Lippy is at a health farm called Shrublands in the south of England near a NATO base it's odd Shrublands doesn't sound Bond enough does it no it sounds like a pubic wig company (laughs) (laughs) but no it really doesn't it's very um, it's it's very sort of Surrey yeah Yeah. I got confused here because I remember there being uh, spa Bond being at spas in other Bonds, and I couldn't remember which mm. ones it was. I suddenly had a, a pub quiz fail, and I couldn't remember which ones it was in, and then I remembered that I was probably thinking of Never Say Never Again, never again yeah. and that doesn't really count, and I, I got convinced that the milkman in the living daylights delivered his sinister milk bottles to a spa. He doesn't, I just got that wrong, but I just, no. I, I, was, I was convinced that I've definitely seen Bond uh, do this before, and I was wrong. All it was, they keep making this film again. But yeah. weirdly, the one they keep making again is, is the one with a really unremarkable thing like a spa. That, again, probably felt really exciting in 1965. Oh, yeah. Executive but, spa with your own brass plate names. Yeah. And yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the doors have got like head of MI6 style mm. brass nameplates, which is, yeah. They must get through a lot of those. They must do. I mean, Lippy's obviously been there a while because he's got his own one. Yeah. But it's, I, I like I like storytelling through brass nameplates. Mm. It's, it was a, it was how most films worked. It was very hard to get anyone into or out of scene out of a scene without a brass nameplate telling you who they were. Yeah, yeah. Even if it just says this plate is not important, <laughs> yeah. at least you know. Yeah. But he's got a tongue tattoo. We meet Lippy, who's got a tongue tattoo. Bond spots it under his watch. Yes, which is a it's a clue. It's mm. a bit of cluing. Ne- never really pays off, but it's never a clue. pays off. No. Because yeah. it doesn't seem to be related to Spectre at all. I wonder if it's to do with the grape that Bond takes from Count Lippy's room that never pays off. Yes. This, is just for, this beginning is full of things that never pay off. You watch them go, that'll be significant. Hmm. Grape poisoning. It'll be a poisoned grape. No, it's not. Or Moneypenny's saying, he says, I'm going to have you over my knee next time I see you. And she says, on yoghurt and lemon juice, I can't wait. Yeah. I don't know what that no. means. It's, it's, what, it's the kind of thing that health spas would have. It took me a while to work that out, as in like he's going to mm. go and, yeah, he won't have any strength. Because again, he'll go to the health spa and he'll be feminised by Oh, I see. He won't come back all masculine and full of meat. There's a lot of that in this. It it's never said nice... never again. That's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's not real food. Free radicals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he goes to, he goes to his physio from, from a lady, from mm. a blonde lady, doesn't he? Yeah, she, Patricia she, Fearing. And she has to strap him down. Otherwise, there'll be a Me Too incident. Yes. Well, there <laughs> nearly is. She shuts him yeah. down because he's about to do it. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's just really handsy. Um, oh, yeah, it's horrible. I mean, this is the worst of Bond in this. Apart, apart from the ones where he slaps people. Yeah. This is the worst sort of sex offender Bond. It's, it's just routinely... Mm. Uh, yeah, and again, it's got sort of... It's of its time as well, but it's got sort of... 
he's at a, an institution and he's got his hands all over the nurses. It's very carry on. It's pure. I think mm. Pinewood must be built on ancient Indian groping ground or something. <laughs> but it's how it comes up to the floor. And uh, yeah, so she straps him down and she straps him superly because he's got onto what's basically a sex robot. Yeah. <laughs> she straps onto a thing that just jiggles you about. It's like, it's, 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 it's to, you know, to what it was like to be bummed by a ghost. <laughs> and, Lippy, and Lippy comes in and sets it to Henry VIII. <laughs> it's the, it's the, what's weird about this is this is the classic Bond scene they do it again in, in Moonraker isn't it with yes. the, the testing and you push yeah. the push thing up into a danger level mm. and it's never explained I can understand why on a on a NASA training thing there'd be a danger level why is there a danger setting on a, on a thing in a spa it doesn't make any sense <laughs> who needs the setting that kills you <laughs> <laughs> but it's a simple production error in the manufacture of the, the sex ghost bumming machine. Is it Milligan MP? <laughs> yes, it's got sort of a conservative death accident setting on. They put a lemon and a stocking on your head and then put it on. <laughs> Turn it up to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just a, it's a lovely nuts moment. You, you weirdly, because of the world of Bond, you read it and go, "That's fine," and it's mm. not fine. It's mad. Why is no. it? Why, why does it go up to ten? But also, uh, you mentioned Moonraker, and that's the main difference between Rog and Sean, right? Is that Roger plays it perfectly? I think when he gets out of the G-force machine, he's totally like freaked out by it and has to sort of stumble off. Yeah. In this, Sean goes out and is like, "Well, I'll have to have sex with you then." Yeah. Or I'll tell someone. Nothing. Nothing can actually kill him. It's, no. it, it's still that sort of superhero stage. It, it's funny because it, what's odd, I think, as well, is that Roger camps his up nicely. Mm. The, 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 the scripts have become camp by then. I, I really enjoy that. Mm. And it said, what's really funny is this sort of interim phase where they are camp and they don't make any sense, but they're played with a very straight bat. Mm. And you kind of go, I want to see the man shaken up. I want to see the impossible things happening. And weirdly. Roger reacts to the impossible things by kind of winking at you or saying, oh, this would really shake him up. But Sean plays it so straight. Yeah. It's funny looking at them again going, when I was a kid, I never, I thought these were very serious, the early ones. Mm. But actually, they are wildly silly and daft and nothing makes any sense. But And horrendous, because he drags her into that steam room and strips <laughs> her off. Not, yeah, that's not nice. No, it's horrible. And then he, he then jokes about it afterwards because he leaves and the... the, the, the um, he says, see you later and closes the door. And the sign says irrigation. And he says, see you later. Irrigator. Yeah. Uh. There's quite a lot of bad... This might be the birth of the Arnie... Mm. The Arnie, Arnie one. This is very one-liner heavy. Yeah. Uh, more more than shocking and things from Goldfinger. Yes. This is, this is very... The birth of that quipping thing. Yes. And it's funny because you read reviews and they say there's lots of humour in this and you look at it now and go, it doesn't feel very humorous because, again, that's now become the default way that an action hero talks. But I imagine at the time you probably thought, oh, he told a, a quite a cheesy one-liner. There was a pun... Mm. It's, it's quite punny. None of them really land, though. Yeah, really. it's a bit dead. I think is Sean's this... not very good at doing them. Yeah, it, it's it's. There's a bit of him being fed up with being bombed. Mm. <laughs> Pure Craig at this yeah. point. Yeah, he's fed up with it, and so they're making him do silly stuff. And he's going, "I don't really want to do this." And and you can, I suppose, if you're aware of that, he doesn't look like he's having as much fun doing the fun bits as he's having doing the action bits. No, definitely is this, not. Do we get? Is this where we get the mink glove? Yes. Uh, they're in bed and he's yeah. got <laughs> is that next there he beds her oh, oh god yeah because well, we also get Lippy going to that phone box and calling in and Major Duvel yes that's it he's, he's in bed with Fiona Volpe who I like a lot yeah she's great she's I think the best thing about this film definitely I think uh, is it Luciana 
Palazzi, or whatever, mm. where she's absolutely brilliant because they're, they're, they're of a red-headed female Bond mm. who's just. I, they tried that again in lots of the other ones where he's got another. There's another sinister agent. There's another one in You Only Live Twice. Who's yeah, nearly a direct copy. Yeah, they pair them off. They, once they've done it with her, they do it again. Lots mm. of them. There's always a sort of female. And there's Michelle Yeoh, I suppose, in in, in Tomorrow Never Dies. There's yeah. there's another agent either on his side or against him who's who's every bit his equal. Mm. But I think I'd forgotten that she's great. She mm. is just great in this. She really sells it. Yeah. Um, and she's really hot. She they they sort of throw her away a bit, but she's every time she's on screen. It's really good. Yes, I agree. But when Dervel goes to the door to leave for his top secret flying mission, <laughs> he's greeted by a back, back projection of himself. That is the nightmare, isn't it? That you mm. meet yourself in back projection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know it's a technique they had to use at the time. and I think it's fairly effective, but it looks well ropey now. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, it's a, actually, that's a good idea. That's, that's a good classic Bond idea. There's, there's another one of him there. Mm. He's a duplicate. He's the bandaged man we saw wandering around Trublands. Yeah. Because pl- in those days, they thought, well, if you've had plastic surgery, that means you can look ex- identical to someone else. Yeah. And I don't and, think that's ever ever happened in the world. And learn to do the voice. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing that's in all 60s spy stuff. Yes. And has never happened. I think people just thought, like they thought with computers being able to do everything in the yeah. 70s and 80s. I think in the 60s and 70s, they thought, well, plastic surgery means... They get loads of like play doh and put it on your face and make you look exactly <laughs> like that person. Yeah, and it's no, but in this case it did, and he gasses uh, Duval to death, and then they, this this guy who's posing as Duval, um, says he wants more money. Yeah, he tries to play, to build up his part, really, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, also, the impeccable logic that. Even though it is in the sixties, easy to make someone look and sound exactly like someone else. There is still only one spare Major Deval, mm. so he could ask for as much money as he wanted. That's yeah. the problem with this plan: is it means the person you have turned into identical Blofeld, identical Major Deval, whatever you've done, mm. uh, then has you over a barrel money-wise. Ah, but they've got a <clears throat> they've got an, an extra step of the plan, though, haven't they? Which means they've got him over a yeah. barrel. Yeah, it doesn't know twist. No, it's a good twist. But yeah, so Lippy, <clears throat> um. And uh, what's the name? Volpe, sorry. Lippy and yeah. Volpe. Um, they agree to it in the end because they give him all his stuff. So it's a canister of deadly gas, yeah. an envelope with 100 grand and a, and a gas mask. And he says, I want a quarter of a million now. And then she's like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll give you that. But consider the 100 grand a down payment. So then he leaves and goes to the base. And then we go back to Shrublands. Um, That's when we have Sean is found in bed yeah, doing they, the bad things. Because he goes to the army base and takes off in the Vulcan plane and then they hear it going overhead. That's it. Yeah. But as he, the Vulc- Vulcan's good. Quite yeah, the Vulcan's nice. great. Um, yeah. I didn't look into it, but I'm wondering if it was Derek Meddings doing this. Probably he did what, all the, the miniature models stuff. Models and things. Mm. Yeah, there's some, good, there's some good miniature stuff in this. It's there good. is. Yeah, I like it when anyway, the, the Vulcan lands on the water and they have to animate the the jet curl coming off the water. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, but yeah, so he sees uh, an ambulance pulling into the shrublands with the bloke with the bandage. So he goes to have a look, and this is where I think Sean does his best work. This bit, because he goes in the, in the room, unwraps Durval and finds him, and then as he's about to phone it in, a knife comes through the window, and the way he kills the guy is so cool. Yeah, where he smashes the knife out of hand and then pulls him through the broken window, and then wraps the phone around his head and he just walks off. Yeah, you think he's going to strangle him with the phone, but it's mm. like he's, he needed someone to put the phone just to yeah. hang it off him. 
Um, there's a bit of shower. Isn't there a bit of shower curtain nonsense as well? Sort of pulling cur- curtains back, and the foley yeah. on this bit is amazing. Oh god! The, when, it, when he opens the curtain, it's, it sounds like a scalded cat. It's mm. just been, it's just a noise, and you realise that that again, maybe it's something you don't notice anymore. The the the, the sound effects are so loud mm. compared to what natural sound effects would be, and I wonder whether. <clears throat> I wonder whether, because this is a film where so much of it is underwater and they can't do sound effects, mm. they've really amped up all the volume in the yeah. rest of it. Because it's an incredibly noisy fight and quite excitingly noisy. But that, I always think the old Bond films, well, I mean, You Only Live Twice has got the worst, for my, to my mind, the worst shoe sound effects <laughs> ever heard in any film. They're like clanking them on, on granite by the sounds of it. It's horrible. Well, it's, it's one of those things, you, you know, it's like a growing up thing where you oh. notice as a kid, as a kid you watch them and go, these are great. And as, as you grow up, you realise that not a single sound you're hearing was recorded on set. No one's dialogue, nothing. And then you realise this must have been the strangest experience to make. Yeah. Because you've, you've only heard people with broken English saying these lines mm. and nothing sounds like itself. And then you look into it as you get older and you realise that pretty much every <clears throat> foreign actor they brought in for these films is dubbed. Yeah. So and all the, all the women are all the women are Nicky van der Zyl. There's exactly. only one Bond girl. <laughs> it's yeah. absolutely mad. It's amazing. I mean, she's in this again. Yeah, she's Domino. Yeah, and um, and Robert it was it Robert Rietti. He does um, Largo. He also does Tiger Tanaka in the next film. Brilliant! It's mental. Uh, that's, anyway, why all, that's why they're all the same. It's literally the same people. Yeah, they had this lovely little family of people they'd always use. Um, so after bringing this bloke who isn't Ted Malt through the window, <laughs> and then setting off the fire alarm in one motion, he goes off again with um with um the lady from the health spa yeah so Vol- so meanwhile up in the vulcan v- angelo gasses all the crew kills them and lands the vulcan in the water um, there's a great line with lights the underwater landing lights yes and yeah uh, it's those little moments when you go this is just kids playing this is mm. uh, the phrase underwater landing light so you can land the plane underwater it's a real thunderbirds toy in a bath moment mm-hmm. it's great <laughs> they're gonna dip their plane in the bath and that's what you want to see i hope it? they don't leave that on at night so yeah so then um angelo's in the in the in the plane and he's waiting for his extra money and of course largo comes in and cuts his air pipe yeah but what this has revealed as well Mm. that that the the the, all the sequences of the plane where he sort of depressurizes the vulcan that's really exciting Mm. and the vulcan itself is really exciting and it goes underwater and as soon as it touches water it becomes boring yep so you dip anything in water in this film, it becomes dull. Absolutely. And what's interesting about that sequence is the moment you realise it's, it's quite tense, all the airborne stuff's great, and the mm. landing's great. Mm. And it goes underwater, and one of the effects guys has said the problem was that you can only go slowly in water because yeah. your mask comes off, because it's a scuba mask. And so everyone's going at like two miles an hour, and there's no sound. Mm. So the things that make Bond exciting, which is snappy editing, people moving really quickly and it being really noisy, all disappear the moment they go into water and you sort of it's the first warning that chunks of this as soon as it goes below the surface mm-hmm. it's going to suck all the life out of it it's going to suddenly go slow and they do their best with it they do the, the, the cutting the the airline is sort of exciting there's a big of bubbles in it but it's just it's just more boring than a car chase yeah it's the same problem speed two had cruise control yeah, yeah. don't like, do it don't <clears> do it underwater now they got all the rushes back i went oh my god this is fucking boring we made a mistake. It should have yeah. been a bus. It should have been a bus going at huge speed. Two buses. The Two buses. <laughs> you could have had a leg yeah. in each one. Oh my god! They hunt. They hunt in packs. Yeah. <laughs> Clever girl. <laughs> <They're> amazing. 
And then you could have had Jack and Stan in the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so Angelo's dead. Um, they, they take a missile off of the ship, which, again, they kind of repeat in Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's Bond for you. And, yeah. and then they take it away. So there we go. So then Bond is leaving Shrubland. He gets in his car, and he's being chased by um, Lippe, who, um, number one, has decided has to die because Angelo was a asshole basically, and wanted more money. Yeah. Even though he's dead, we have to kill Lippy. So you've got Bond. Bond is in in the DB5, mm-hmm. and he's zooming around uh, Silverstone or wherever they're, they're pretend, trying to pretend is a road. Blatantly a racetrack. Yep. And yeah. Yep. It, he's going, yeah. and obviously, but the exciting thing about that is you're, they're going really fast. It's not under crank. He's speeding in the mm-hmm. thing, and a black car comes up behind him, mm-hmm. and it's exciting. And then a motorbike appears behind that. And he goes, yeah. this is great. This is better than being underwater. Yeah. Brilliant. Bond readies his gadgets but doesn't use them. That hmm. is the failing of this film. Yeah. Is that I remembered I remembered there being another great um, Aston Martin chase from, from Sean Connery. Yeah. And I suddenly thought, oh, this is it. Um, and it isn't because yeah. he he does that classic th- thing of just, hey, he's got the gadgets and he won't use them. And that's kind of classy, I bet. If you're eight, which is who these films are for, mm. you don't want him. And behind him is is uh, Volpe on the, the amazing little gold motorcycle with rockets on it, mm. all of which is real. So mm. she gets the gadgets. Mm-hmm. So she gets to have the amazing motorbike with rockets on it. And again, you're sort of wanted to sort of say, well, Sean's got shit gadgets, mm. and the baddies have got brilliant gadgets. Yeah. When's Bond going to have some good stuff to do? Yeah. He pulled a man through a window, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> But talking of kids, did you have you ever seen the Dennis Norden video about this? No. Oh, it's called A Child's Guide to Blowing Up a Motor Car. And Dennis Norden took his godson to watch this sequence being filmed. That's wonderful. And it's on YouTube. So he I stood by it. with his with his yeah. with his clipboard <laughs> and watched <laughs> watched it happen live. That's yeah. amazing. His godson held the microphone over him like a boom mic. That's great. If you're one of those double agents. <laughs> I, uh, watched a, I watched a cock up happen live. But yeah, it's, it's, it's odd to watch Bond. The, the anticipation of, of opening that panel of gadgets that you mm. know is there. And it's playing on the audience's expectation. They've seen golfing. And it's almost like saying, I know you enjoyed all those treats last time around, but you don't, you don't get them this time. No. And I, I thought, oh, well, it will happen later. They've held off this, and the, the, the other super agent, the Spectre agent, has the gadget. She's in charge. But later on, there'll be more, and there isn't. No. It keeps not paying off all the stuff you know is there. You want mm. to. They should have got a, an eight year old to write this, mm. or to at least give it a little script polish, because there would have been a lot more ejector seats and those more rockets. Or well, Dennis Norden, he'd put a lot more gags in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gagged it up. He's a good man. He's a professional. Yeah. He's mm. a pro. Mm. But then Bond goes back to um, MI6 and we're told that the Home Secretary is holding a meeting. Yeah, most importantly, he goes back and he puts his hat mm. on the hat stand. Mm. And again, it's saying, you know you liked it when he threw the hat on the hat stand. Mm. He won't be doing that this time. And it kept making me think of those fucking interviews where they go, we're taking Bond back to its roots. Mm. And every time they do it, it's a mistake. Don't. Because no. it started in its roots and then it went somewhere absolutely spectacular that's never happened before that he invented this new thing that wasn't just a spy novel. It was preposterous and brilliant and fun. And that's the contract with the audience, is that he's impossible and magic, and he's a superman. And this is full of these little moments where they go, but we'll make it more realistic. And you go, no, no, that's that's where you came from. Mm. Don't, no, don't keep going back there. They, they keep insisting, every time there's a new Bond, they go, we're going back to the roots, making it grittier. And you don't want it to be gritty. 
No. I want him to throw the hat and it land on the hat stand. I want him to fiddle with the gadgets and impossible things happen. Yes, yes, please. Yeah, more of that, please. Yeah, otherwise, yeah. otherwise, I'll watch a different film. Yeah. The Bond is oddly incredibly ashamed of being brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it keeps going, well, we'll stop doing that because you were very naughty and you enjoyed it. And you go, oh, come on, it's vulgar. Come on, be more vulgar. Oh, but you liked Jason Bourne. Yeah, I liked Jason Bourne because it was Jason Bourne, not because it was James Bond. Yeah, yeah. Don't keep yeah. trying to make it another thing because, yeah, the, the, otherwise they'd have made it immediately like the Ipcrest file they put the Ipcrest file out the yeah. same guys made those they knew yeah. they were two different things mm-hmm. when, it, when it gets itself right it just says the vulgarity is part of the fun yes but I, I don't I don't know the way he puts his hat on the hat stand he should throw it this time he should throw it from further away possibly from Sheffield or yes. something <laughs> you should see it sail to the air and land and money penny should go that's brilliant and then they should have sex <laughs> from Sheffield yeah, because he's got Q has given him a remote controlled uh, secretary groping device that, uh, like the like the one, uh, like his spy snooping robot he has. Yeah, it should yeah, be like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really cumbersome. <laughs> like Inspector Gadget's hands. <laughs> no, it's, a, no, it's more like a big track. Yeah, but can the hands have those cartoon gloves? The yeah. white gloves. Yes, <laughs> with the three stripes on them. No. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey Mouse hands. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Mouse hands. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to see. Can I ask a question? Why is he in Sheffield? <laughs> I was just tro- for the hat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's where. That's where he's driven to. That's where. That's where Silverstone ends up. Is that's where eating, that road ends. He's eating Toblerone in his bare feet. Yeah, he's, he's had a bit of a breakdown. <laughs> he, throw, he throws it from a low... I was going to say from... I was trying to work out where MI6 was then. And I couldn't, so I just went thought of somewhere far away. Um, also, that's why I don't like Bond films, because that's the furthest away place I could think of. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I'd like the next, I'd like the next Daniel Craig. I want no time to die and throw his hat from Sheffield. <laughs> I want to They've got time to get that in there. They definitely have. They've had a whole yeah. year. But they, they cut they cut from there to the very big government room. This seems cumbersome and unnecessary. They should go oh. to the conference room. It's the worst conference room ever. It's like Everything's a too it's what it's like it's like it's this huge thing. It's like one of the painted rooms down at Greenwich Naval College. It's a mm. huge thing. Where they've got all the, the double O agents there and the people there. And you're thinking there'll be so much echo. No one better hear what you're saying. Uh, it's too big. And it looks a bit like they've been uh, miniaturised down they're yes. sitting on matchboxes because yes, the maps are too big to, to point at anything on the map you need a ladder and like a 19 foot pole you could just give them a map like a normal sized map this is where Ken Adam reached for a cigar but accidentally picked up a massive LSD doobie yeah <laughs> like, oh no what have I done and they, also, they, they have the conference room they put, they push the button and the, the wall slides back and there's a map of where the things happened that's the size of fucking Leicester Square billboard and then when they actually brief Bond they take it to a small room where you can actually hear what they're saying yeah because you can't actually brief an agent in a bloody stadium it's no. stupid <laughs> Do you notice that sitting next to Sean Connery in the in the row of W agents who you don't see is Ringo Starr? Yeah, amazing, <laughs> and the guy next it? to him is Ringo. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, the Beatles were in everything at that time. They were. You couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't get them out. Of it. I also <laughs> like when before the uh, minister talks, they have that guy with the moustache come out and go, "Dale, Dale, Dale." That was me being Freddie Mercury, not. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we hit. We listened to Number One's tape, which isn't Weirdside yeah. Jack. 
It's saying that we have nuclear weapons, and if we don't get £100 million, pounds and uh, we're going to destroy a major city in England or the United States, one of the two. You decide. Yeah, and if it's you a agree, Twitter poll. Yeah, we do a Twitter poll. <laughs> two snails racing. And if you agree, um, you'll have to get Big Ben to strike seven times at 6pm. Yeah. Which is boring, isn't it? Yeah, as a, as, a, as a plan, you forget that early Bond was all about people sort of extortion and the $1 million joke. It's there. Yeah. It's they want some money so they don't do a nuclear thing. But mm. part of you goes, oh, I kind of... And this is a failing of the film's plotting and weirdly why they then fetishise it and say, we want to sell this plot again and again. As you go, well, can they point the bomb? Can it be a, a, a rocket? Or can mm. it be something that represents that visually on screen that a city is being threatened? Yeah. So not saying where it's going to be is a problem. I can't work out why they won't just say we'll destroy New York. Mm. Um, and I can't work out why it isn't then given a visual, graphic, vulgar James Bond way of saying it's being dropped from a spaceship. Where do you expect the, me- the mechanics of the threat to be really, really clear? Mm. And instead of that, they go, they're really obsessed by the mechanics of the, the blackmail. Mm. And, it, it, and again, it feels early. It feels like the kind of thing the mistake yes. you'd have made in the first film rather than the one after you've had something. You've irradiated Fort Knox. Mm. You've done something so brilliantly visually exciting mm. that saying, give us some money or we'll let off a bomb or we won't tell you where, mm. feels a bit meh. It does. It really does. Um, but after that, they're, they're handed the like project briefing things. And then, as you say, he goes to CM. And uh, he's been told he'll report to group catching Captain Pritchard in Canada. And Bond's like, I don't want to go to Canada. I want to go to Nassau. And then... <laughs> and then I, why, why, why does Bond want to go to Nassau? Because there's a sexy lady there. Well, also, M says, is this to do with your enthusiasm for water sports? <laughs> uh, no, far no, we from me to kink shame, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, we've seen what Bond's kink is, and it's it's going to bed with a mink glove like Gordon the Gopher. <laughs> it's part of their sex play. <laughs> we've seen him in bed with a woman with a furry hand earlier on. We think that it's not really water sports he's into. No, no. He's, he's, a, he's more of a furries man. Well, the, he's like the Buffalo Bill in Silence of He's building a giant Ed the Duck. <laughs> He wants to go into a broom cupboard with a lady and, and some kind of glove puppet. Yeah. yeah. It's a puppet. Um, <laughs> yeah, but then we get this bit where M suddenly goes like fiercely loyal to Bond. Because um, Bond says, yeah. I, I think we should, you know, I think the man in the picture, I've seen his dead body. And Pritchard's like, well, that's impossible. He was boarding the Vulcan last night. And then M jump, jumps in with, if 007 says he saw Dervel last night at Shrublands and he was dead, that's enough for me to initiate inquiries. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yes, it's 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 Bond. It's M being Bond's dad. Mm. And so I believe him. It's, it's nice. But also, then Bond immediately ruins that by, they mm. just said, so what inquiries do you want to do? And he says, I found a picture of a sexy lady, mm-hmm. so I want to go where the sexy lady is. The, the, the lead that naturally takes you from a man you've seen dead to his sister mm. is a huge leap, huge. except except the only thing that would drive you to think that was the most important logical thing to do is if the woman was Claudine Auger. And you'd go, mm. she's very sexy. I bet she was Miss France or Miss World or something. I should go and be as close to her as possible. Bond's, Bond's detective skills are just in his pants. Yeah, if it was Bella Rumberg, he'd be like, no, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm I a dead end. But... <laughs> I don't think she's connected at all. I've got no interest in that. Yeah, it's just, it's mm. weirdly, it's it's such a, uh, for, for a scene that only has to have detective work in it, you go, there's got to be more than I'm going to talk to his sister. There's no, there's no sense that his sister would be important, except no. that she's very, very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's end of part one of this episode of Smirchpod. We'll be back later in the week with part two. 
So please stick around. But in the meantime, why not like, subscribe, review, enjoy, share, tell everybody you like. And, you know, why not even buy Thunderbook? Hey, why not? See you next time. And all the world can hear call They shudder at the fury of the mighty thunderball Thunderball The power of her engines now is drowned in the sea But the deadly force from within her is somewhere running free Running free Thunderball, your fiery breath can burn the coldest man And who is going to suffer from the power in your hand? Somewhere there is a man who could stop the thing in time He is known by very few, but he's feared by all in crime All in crime By courage and by fighting he has not been known to fall But neither has the fury of the mighty Thunderball Hello, I'm Tom, and I make a podcast where I log in to celebrities' Amazon accounts. It's called... What a brilliant idea for a pod. There's no original pods out there anymore, but this genuinely is. Thanks, Ben Bailey-Smith. Anyway, it's called... This is good, isn't it? It's clever, this podcast. You should do more. Thanks, Kerry Godleyman. It's called... This is such a great idea, by the way. What a great podcast. Shappy Corsander, you're too kind. The podcast is called... It's biographical. You can get all sorts of information out of people. This is a very good idea. Thank you, Nick Helm. It's called My Mate Bought a Toaster. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Thanks, Alex Horn. Can you tell your friends? GreatBigOwl.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.